When you stop and think about all that's going on today in the good old USA, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 330 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view. Mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is the Truth Hurts Program. Steve Z is a great American. 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 Well, good morning, boys and girls, because that's all there are is boys and girls, not the 27 genders that people would like you to believe there are. This is the Truth Hurts program for your hump day, Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. In just a minute, I'm going to tell you some stuff that's going to probably make your blood boil. So stick around, folks. It's going to be one of those days. You might want to check your blood pressure before you hear this next segment. Sometimes, the truth hurts. If you're one of the millions and millions of sheeple who live in the New York City area, you'll be very happy to know you're still not going to be able to go out and eat at a restaurant. Governor Mario Cuomo said he will not be allowing any indoor dining in New York City to resume until there was a designated group assigned to patrol and make sure social distancing was being exercised. Now remember, this is the same governor who wants to defund law enforcement and authority and patrolling. He said it was up to the city, run by Mayor Bill de Blasio, to put a task force together. Remember, New York City restaurants have been closed since the middle of March, and many have now been closed forever. While some, very few restaurants can offer outdoor dining, many others can't simply because of their locations, restrictions, you can't block a sidewalk, you can't do this, you can't do that, it's New York. And remember, the weather starts turning nasty in New York in October. So even the outdoor dining establishments are going to be Every other city in New York State and every other major city around the world has now resumed indoor dining, especially since they found out the Wuhan China novel coronavirus 2019 ain't as dangerous as they once thought. A class action lawsuit has been filed against Cuomo and de Blasio by the restaurant industry and industry workers seeking $2 billion in damages, 
because restaurant owners and employees say they've been unfairly kept closed when others have been able to open. Now the reasoning came after a conglomerate of bar and restaurant owners sued the state for $2 billion, claiming they were being unfairly shackled and stopped from making money. New York City, as you know, has more bars and restaurants than any other city in the country, and it is the only metropolis in the world that has yet to resume indoor dining. It's the only place in the state of New York, by the way, that's not been allowed diners inside the doors again. As colder weather approaches, outdoor dining, which has only been an option for a very small percentage of the city's establishments, will also end. And since de Blasio has put no plan in place, and since they want to defund the cops, who are they going to use? I guess they're wanting the federal government to step in with COVID cops. It ain't gonna happen. On Tuesday, Cuomo said he will not allow indoor dining to start up until Mayor Bill de Blasio comes up with a, quote, unique task force to enforce the rules, unquote. Of course, everyone's up in arms, except for Cuomo. He sent out his public relations team to defend his decision. Dick Azopardi, the chief spokesman for Cuomo, said... The bottom line is that New York City was hit the hardest and the governor took action to reduce infection. We understand that some people are unhappy, but better unhappy than sick or worse. Remember the other action Cuomo took when he shipped tens of thousands of COVID-19 positive infected patients into nursing homes in New York, causing the deaths of many nanas and pop-pops and grandmas and grandpas? Oh yes, you're a model governor, Mr. Cuomo. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. You know the difference between a story, a fairy tale, told by someone in the north and someone in the south, right? Up north, a fairy tale begins, once upon a time... And in the South, a fairy tale begins, y'all ain't gonna believe this shit. I just thought I'd share that with you for a moment before I shared the following. Do you remember Venezuela? Venezuela was one of the most prosperous nations in South America. They had a booming economy. They were producing more oil than lots and lots of other countries. And they were doing really, really well. And then, when the socialist mobs took over Venezuela, demanding this and demanding that and not wanting to work for it, churches and businesses were shuttered and destroyed. Police were murdered and then disbanded altogether. And then, citizens turned against one another. Statues were torn down, street names were changed, flags were redesigned. Sounds familiar? It should. And by electing people like Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, and others like them, pro-Marxist, pro-socialist, pro-communists, to elected office, we are inviting. We're not just ushering it in. We're not just allowing it to occur. We're inviting it. We're asking for it. 
when America is destroyed like Venezuela has been literally destroyed. Those people who go, oops, I should have known better, will have no recourse. They'll have no one to turn to. I'm sorry, I told you so, and all the other excuse making will be out the window. Because once it happens, it's almost impossible to turn it back to make America great once again. Excuse me, a friend of mine just sent me something on social media. It says, think about this. A woman who is currently third in line to the nation's leadership. She's third in line to have access to the nuclear launch codes. Is now claiming that she was duped by a hair salon. Let that sink in. If you like what you are hearing, tell a friend. If you don't like what you are hearing, keep it to yourself. This is The Truth Hurts. After Brooklyn Nets hired Steve Nash, an NBA Hall of Fame point guard, to be their next head coach, ESPN personality Stephen A. Smith said the hiring was an example of white privilege. Smith, who says he loves Nash, complained that black former players don't get the kind of opportunities that Nash is getting by joining a Nets team that, if healthy, could actually compete for a championship next season. Quote, This is one of the toughest, toughest positions I ever had to take in my career on first take, and here is why, Smith said, before he read a list of some of the reasons he believes Nash is a great person who is extremely knowledgeable about basketball, but has no formal coaching experience. Smith says, ladies and gentlemen, there's no way around this. This is white privilege. This does not happen for a black man. No experience whatsoever on any level as a coach but you get the Brooklyn Nets job? Stop. Hey, Stephen A. Smith, why weren't you complaining about Hunter Biden with absolutely no experience in the oil and gas industry getting a cushy job on the board of directors of Burisma, the Ukrainian gas company, at the behest of his daddy, gropey, mopey, dopey Joe Biden? Oh, now you want to say you don't want to involve politics? Double standard, Mr. Smith. Oddly enough, throughout Smith's monologue about Nash's hiring, Smith admits that Nash deserves the job and that also two black superstar players, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, most likely signed off on the deal. Despite deserving the job and being approved by the black men he will be coaching, Nash has allegedly received white privilege. The TV commentator, who is obviously too short to have ever been a basketball player himself, at least one of note, believes that in these sensitive times of racial unrest and social justice protesting, the hiring was inappropriate. He said, quote, in these times when we're making all of this noise about social justice, I got news for you, Molly and Max. I've said this to people on numerous occasions right here on this show, that was the tipping point. George Floyd's murder, violence against black people who are unarmed, all that stuff is true. But the frustration, the protests, and all these things you see in the streets of America emanating from the black community and disenfranchised communities, the proverbial glass ceiling 
the fact that it breeds a level of frustration that we can't even put into words sometimes. You just want to scream. You just want to scream to the high heavens. How in the hell does this always happen for somebody else other than us? Why is it that we have to be twice as good to give half as much? Why is it no matter what we do and how hard we work and how we go through the process and the terrain of everything, somehow, some way, there's another excuse to ignore that criteria and instead bypass it and make an exception to the rule for someone other than us. So I'm depressed right now because I have to bring that up. Stephen A. Smith, you are a crybaby, race-baiting idiot. Let me tell you what happened. Nash is qualified. Nash was vetted by black players and by the organization and was chosen to be the better choice to be the coach. You are a crybaby. You are one of those people who sits back and says, oh, woe is me. Pity me because my skin is dark. Pity me because my face looks different than whitey. You need to get over yourself. You need to get over it. Slavery ended 157 years ago. Your people, the we, the y'all, the us that you are talking about, need to grow up, need to get an education, need to stop sticking your hands out for all the freebies. Perhaps you need to look to the Vietnamese community. They've only been in this country since the 1970s, but they've managed to learn the language, become educated, and get jobs. They don't burn down stores. They don't riot. They don't loot. They don't carjack. They don't sling drugs. They don't do drugs for the most part. I'm sure there are a few exceptions. But if you were an alien flying down to this planet from somewhere else and you took a bead on the United States of America, you would see that one group of people, the light-skinned Caucasian group, generally works very hard, gets educated, and doesn't stir up shit. And that the Asian population works hard, gets educated, and doesn't stir up shit. And then you see the darker population at large, rioting, carjacking, looting, assaulting, robbing, raping, stabbing, murdering on a wholesale level. And you want to make excuses for them. You want to put their names on your jerseys and on your helmets. And you want to deface public buildings and streets. And you want to tear down statues. And you think that's going to make you educated? You think doing that is going to make people want to like you? You think doing that is going to improve your situation? Don't be so damned ignorant. Go to school. Learn to speak proper English. Learn the language itself. Learn about society. Learn about getting along. Stop worrying about getting over or getting revenge or getting back at someone just because of the color of their skin. Perhaps if your community would stop being racist towards other groups, those other groups would start treating you like everyone else. But I don't think that's something 
your community is capable of. I don't think they possess the social etiquette to understand that every single action that they are currently taking is diminishing any respect that any other group in America might have had for them. My own mom was remarking the other day, and she's 81, that black people on television in her day spoke better English, were much more respectful and intelligent sounding than the thugs and the ebonics spewing animals that come on television now trying to justify their violent actions. My mom remembers when black people were truly treated badly in the 40s and in the 50s. She remembers whites only and blacks only drinking fountains. She remembers no blacks allowed in this restaurant. She remembers when groups of white people were actually encouraged to beat a black man down for walking on the same sidewalk. That hasn't happened since the 1950s. Yet, black people today claim to be oppressed. Let's think about that oppression. We'll be right back. Steve Z is gonna tell you some L. Y'all ain't gonna like it you. But here it go. The truth hurts for sure. Let's talk about this so-called oppression being claimed by the black community, the 13% of the population who thinks they're still in chains. Are you truly oppressed when you have your own multi-billion dollar black only college fund? Are you truly oppressed when you have affirmative action which offers your minority a much higher percentage of jobs than your minority's actual demographic percentage of population? Are you truly oppressed when you are the minority group with the largest percentage of government welfare, handouts, and so-called social programs? Are you truly oppressed when your minority receives the largest percentage of free and low-income housing and medical care? Are you truly oppressed when your group is allowed to have a black-only pageant, black-only social gatherings and groups, a black-only congressional caucus, black-only colleges, black-only sports leagues? Are you truly oppressed when you have guaranteed legal protection under the Constitution, yet you choose to violate all the laws of the land? Perhaps you are so blind to reality and to facts that you and your minority refuse to see that it is your minority who commits the vast majority of all crimes in the United States, despite being a small 13% minority of the population. Perhaps you're so ignorant to the fact that slavery ended over 157 years ago, but you have enjoyed playing that slave race card for so long that the chains you find yourselves in are the chains that you and your parents have placed upon you and that those chains actually don't exist. If you put a length of very thin twine around the rear foot of a baby elephant, that thin piece of twine 
attached to a hitching post is enough to keep that baby elephant from walking away from the hitching post. As the baby elephant grows and grows stronger, it only remembers that if that length of twine is still loosely tied around its rear leg, it cannot go anywhere. Even though, as an adult elephant, it could easily snap the twine, hell, it could break a thick rope. But because its mind is so conditioned to remembering the thin piece of twine loosely tied around its rear leg, an adult elephant will actually stand there and starve to death if a thin piece of twine is loosely tied to its rear leg and not even attached to the hitching post. Perhaps the chains of slavery that the minority 13% claim are holding them back are really only a thin piece of twine kept around the ankle that the 13% minority are incapable of untying. The true key to being part of America is assimilation. This means blending into the society, not trying to destroy the society or take over the society. It means becoming part of the culture, not ramrodding your made-up culture into society. Remember, when black men rounded up other black men and sold them as slaves to yet other black men in the slave trade, and then those black men resold those black men as slaves to black and white farmers and plantation owners, the culture of those black men at that time in Africa was this. Groups of uncivilized, uneducated tribes of black men killing other groups of uncivilized, uneducated tribes of black men. There were no Cadillacs. There were no rap music. There was no drug dealing. No. There was rape amongst the tribes. There was theft, even child rape. That part of the history seems to be the only part of their history and culture that they want to push onto America. Don't say no. Don't stand there and say no because your actions have proven otherwise. You claim as a group that you want equality, but you don't want to be equal. You want everyone else to be below you now because you feel it's your turn. It's your right. Well, it's not. You want what everyone else has, but you want to get it by stealing, robbing, looting, carjacking, taking. Just remember, everyone else has earned what they have. Everyone alive today. Yes, your ancestors got a bad deal. Or did they? Your ancestors could have been left in Africa. Your ancestors, those black people who came over here in chains on slave ships, came here because other black men chained them and sold them to the plantation owners in America. That would mean, if they had been left in Africa, that you too would still be in Africa. But you never would have been taken to a land where your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren 
could enjoy the lifestyles that are available to hardworking Americans. You have never been a slave. Your parents have never been slaves. Your grandparents have never been slaves. Your great-grandparents have never been slaves. And depending on how young your ancestors hooked up, your great-great-grandparents likely were never slaves. In fact, many black people in America don't come directly from the ranks of slaves. Yet, when you were born with your dark skin, your parents tied a little piece of twine around your leg and told you that you are a victim tied to the hitching post of history. And that's a damn shame. Over 157 years have passed and the little pieces of twine were cut from that hitching post over a century and a half ago. Yet, its remnant remains loosely tied around your leg and you don't have the desire or the ability to untie it, even though it is tethered to nothing. No hitching post. It's tethered to nothing but a false narrative that has been perpetuated and handed down from generation to generation. And you will likely tie that little piece of twine loosely around the next generation, and they the next, and they the next. Such a damned shame. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back. This is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Let's switch gears for just a moment, shall we? Let's talk about motorcycles, but but not in the way you're thinking. Remember the Sturgis motorcycle rally that occurs each and every year in South Dakota? Well, as I predicted on this show several months ago, I said the Democrats and the liberals were going to blame the Sturgis bike rally for the spread of the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus 2019, better known as the Kung Fu Wuhan flu. The Sturgis motorcycle rally allegedly has led to significant spread of COVID-19 in South Dakota and in other parts of the U.S., according to researchers at the San Diego State University Center for Health Economics and Policy Studies. They used anonymous cell phone location data and virus case counts to quote-unquote analyze the impact of the 460,000-person event that took place last month, unquote. Supposedly, this was one of the largest events held during the pandemic. Health officials expressed concerns about the rally early on, which the researchers noted represents a situation where many of the worst-case scenarios for super-spreading occurred simultaneously. This included the event being prolonged over a 10-day stretch and attracting significant out-of-town populations and involved attendees clustered together, few wearing masks. But still, these same morons refused to attribute spreading of COVID-19 to protests, rallies, and riots on the left. You see, 
They've been saying all along that every Trump event was a super spreader event. Every Trump boat parade in a lake is a super spreader event. And now, of course, as I predicted, because many Harley-Davidson riders and motorcycle enthusiasts are indeed conservative Trump supporters, they're now blaming Sturgis for spreading COVID. Now, the city of Sturgis itself is only a 7,000 resident city. They only have 7,000 people in the town. But once a year, for 10 days, the population swells to almost a half a million. On Tuesday, state health officials acknowledged the mass gatherings would carry a higher risk of spreading coronavirus, but they questioned San Diego State University's methodology and their analysis. During a telephone conference with reporters, state epidemiologist Josh Clayton and the Secretary of Health, Kim Malsum Risden, noted that the paper had not been peer reviewed. They said researchers did not account for a trend of already increasing cases in South Dakota and the possibility that school reopenings may have contributed to the rise. They also questioned the use of cell phone data saying the study makes assumptions around people's cell phone use and then tries to apply that to case counts. What I have to say at this point is the results do not align with what we know, the impacts of the rally among attendees in the state of South Dakota, according to Clayton. The governor who welcomes the motorcycle rally has eschewed mask mandates and stay-at-home orders imposed in other states, and she calls the study grossly misleading. She says it's not science, it's fiction. This is the Truth Hurts program. Produced at Steve Knight Productions, Studio 63, copyright 2000. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This is where people turn to hear the truth. And unfortunately for some, sometimes the truth hurts. Go out there and make it a great day, people. Well, hi and howdy, everyone. This here is the Colonel. You know which Colonel. I can't say my full name on account of I don't want to get sued. But it's me, y'all. The guy who's been licking my fingers over fried chicken since 1952. Well, by now, y'all have all heard the rumors, and guess what? They're true. Starting now, we're no longer able to call our chicken finger-licking good. One group said it was offensive in an era of the Kung Fu Wuhan flu, and nobody should be a-licking anything right now. Such a shame. There's nothing quite like licking a finger. After licking a leg, I always say. <laughs> then another group says we're just plain racist for promoting fried chicken in general in the year 2020. Hell, we might as well close up shop. Lock up our 11 spices and our herbs. Quit plucking, quit a frying. Hell, everything else is shutting down, so why not us? <laughs> anyway, this here's the Colonel saying bye-bye to all our fans. It's been real, it's been fun, 
But you know what? Lately, it ain't been real fun. Now go take your coin shortage elsewhere. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Thank you for listening. We hope that this presentation has enlightened you to the things that may have been hidden from you. This is where we bring darkness to light, turn fiction into reality, and exercise our First Amendment right to free speech. Here is where the double standard is exposed and displayed for all to see. We sincerely hope that we've helped you to open your eyes to what's going on in the real world. The Truth Hurts program is produced at Studio 63 in Bayou Country in affiliation with Steve Knight Productions. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. No animals were harmed in the making of this program. It is fact. It is real. It is truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. Hurts.